0: welcome to the drive time news blast 30 minutes 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth liberty and justice this is monica perez
1: and i'm brad binkley
0: our top story it's uh some lumpy news but good news out of a lot of other countries and even some of our own there i we got reports yesterday we talked about from The UK, where the UK, where England is dropping some of its or dropping all of its kind of mandated mask and distancing and work from home stuff. They still have recommendations, but the the requirements are going away, at least for now. But other places like Ireland, Wales, Scotland are doubling down. I got the same kind of report from our friend Stella in Australia. Some of the states are loosening up, some are tightening up. Then I see from the same guy, Chris, from Europe, he sent news that we've gotten that Czechoslovakia, it's not Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic is dropping the vaccine mandate. And at the same time, we're getting this news that Austria is doubling down, that they have, and it's kind of weird because they have what what I thought was going to be a really low rate. It's like they have one of the lowest vaccination rates in Europe and it's 78%. But I think it's weird that at the place with the most resistance, as little as that resistance seems to be, they're going to mandate it. And the only kind of negotiated position they took was it was supposed to be 14 and older, but they changed that to 18 and older, but you get a fine it says the bill imposes a fine of up to 600 euros, uh, which is even more in dollars on holdouts. Once the checks, they're going to check people starting March 15th. Those who challenge the initial fine unsuccessfully will continue to incur fines up to a maximum of 3,600 euros, which I think is, is, is like $4,000.
1: Yeah. What? So is that a lot?
0: It's like $4,000. You can't even, you can't, you can't even get one euro for a dollar anymore. So, um, Italy has made COVID-19 vaccinations compulsory for those age 50 and older. Greece has done the same for people over 60. There's uh some European countries have done it for medical staff. It's uh it's very regressive because if you can pay $4000 to not have to get the jab, it's kind of like when the in the feudal days where you could pay somebody else to do your subscription uh, conscription like you could find somebody who is going to go take your draft service for you. I mean, it's really uncool. if It's such a a seriously
1: vital decision to make, and you can buy your way out of it. I mean, yeah, the whole narrative is really conflicting right now around the vaccine, and I think they've really jumped the shark with some of the stories. Real quick, headlines that I just saw pop up to kind of illustrate this. Anti-vax folk singer got COVID on purpose now and she's then, dead. Yeah, I saw. You know that. how she died? Oh my gosh! How she died? Choking on something. No. The, the, well, you look in, you way. look in the article. It says a popular anti. I saw the article, but I didn't read it. Right, you don't read it. The popular vax folk singer in the Czech Republic could no longer perform with her band uh, amid the new restrictions, and or even go to the concert hall. So when her vaxxed up husband and son caught the virus, she decided it was her time to get it herself. Hold on.
0: Her vaxxed up husband and son caught the virus.
1: That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> that that's okay. in there. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, I, I believe it.
1: And then she so she caught it on purpose, and later she ended up having a stroke and yeah. dying. See, not having is... a stroke. Excuse me. Excuse me. She didn't have a stroke. I, I was conflating articles. What she did was she fell down and then later, 10 minutes later, she choked on something and died. That's what it says in the article.
0: The the thing about getting it on purpose, which I think would have been a fine strategy if this was a normal thing, but I'm totally convinced it's a bioweapon. And I actually, B, who's a patron, uh, sent me an article, which I put on our Locals feed. It's free. Like if you just sign up to properport.locals.com, you can see most of the stuff free. You don't get the content. You can't interact, but you can see the articles. And this one was that it was a, a doctor who supposedly has this great sub stack. I forget his name. James Hill, maybe. I don't know. So anyway, but one of the things he had, like all these reasons why he thought it was a bioweapon and a couple of them, most of them was just circumstantial, but a couple of them were like the actual places on the virus that had like human genome in it or whatever. So if this were just your your everyday organically emerging coronavirus, which is a winter cold, then I would absolutely think that you should get it. But because it has some nasty prolonged elements to it, I, I actually feel like if there were any way to avoid it forever, as well as the vax, then that's the path I would take. I already got covid but i it's a bummer like i think they're gonna get that nasty spike protein in everybody but i totally saw that article and thought that she had died of covid i was like well you know people do die of covid you know it does celebrating
1: it she got it on purpose now she's dead look what happens that is it actually the only thing it says about her death in this article i found the exact thing on Sunday morning, she got up to go for a walk and was stricken with back pain. Ten minutes later, she was dead after choking to death. That's completely unrelated to COVID. I mean, this is and back pain. And back pain. It's just absurd that how much lengths they'll go to to propagate this message. Yeah.
0: But the 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 vax mandates, you know, we have we're having a lumpy effect. So even as these things are going away in some places, so Czech the Czech Republic got a new president. So that's why the, there was a change in the guard. And I don't know if you saw this, but Carhartt, which I really love Carhartt stuff. I think the skaters use it, but for me, it's like work clothes. I just love it. And, uh, and they mandated the vax for their people and their clientele, uh, doesn't like it, but they're They're sticking with it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they don't. And there's been conflicting ways that companies have been reacting to this Supreme court decision Starbucks came out with how they're handling the recent Supreme Court decision that blocked Biden's vaccine mandate for companies with over 100 employees, and they are walking back an earlier statement they made in January where they were going to mandate the vaccine. They are now no longer going to require their employees to have the vaccine. The CEO sent a memo to employees yesterday saying that they respect the Supreme Court's decision, the ruling, and... They would no longer be requiring the vaccine. Although he did emphasize that they believe in the spirit of the vaccine, and they wanted to brag a little bit about they do have 90% or so of their employees vaccinated. And they're still gonna incentivize that, give vax pay, stuff like that. They have to do that because they got A large number of people to get the vaccine. Probably many of them didn't want to. And now they're walking it back a little bit. I wonder how this is going to play with the unionization of Starbucks is going on right now. If the unions are going to say mandate the vaccine or if they're going to be happy with this walk back.
0: Well, I would say with they it is uncool that they basically trick people into getting the vaccine. I think that is has absolutely been the strategy from the beginning.
1: Yeah. You know what it is? It's thank you for your service. It's a casualty oh, it's of from war. The Their immune system is a casualty of war. It's like, you got to go do this because we told well, you to. It's over now. That's a Th- quote in Sparse. Oh, really? No,
0: remember? yeah, it's The 2017 Spars document on Johns Hopkins website where they say we had an internal debate. We like got all hands on deck to decide whether right. we were going to thank people for getting an experimental vaccine, even after all the reports came in of how much damage it did as they buried yes. their dead
1: everywhere I go. I. Take people to the doctor. Sometimes people in my family signs everywhere. Thank you for getting the vaccine. We greatly oh, really? appreciate it. Every single place I go.
0: Wow, and it, and it's required there, right? Or I guess it wouldn't be if you're there.
1: Yeah, no, I can't. They don't ever let me in. And I caught I was like a little bit of a scene, and then I'll go sit down and.
0: Yeah, but as far as the unions go, the unions. It, I, when I was reading that stuff about the airline pilots and Southwest and everything, the unions were lying. The unions were saying that it wasn't about the um, that the reason the pilots weren't showing up had nothing to do with the vaccine mandate or whatever. but But it was it was about that. So anyway, I don't I'm not buying it.
1: Yeah. Well, the people that probably are buying some of these explanations are Gen Z, the Zoomer age. I think that's maybe 10 to 30 Ability, something like that. So around that age. There was a publication that came out yesterday that showed that the younger people, this Gen Z, Gen Zoomers, have gone more and more left over the past 20 years. From, 19, from 2000, there were 40% of people for ages 18 to 29 identified as Democrats. Today, 60% of that same group identify as Democrats. So they continue to move left and How did this happen? How has America's young turned towards the left? Because we know that the battle for the future is a battle over the minds of the children. And this woman named Della Vlope, she's the author of a book called Fight, How Gen Z is Channeling Their Fear and Passion to Save America, has given us an answer to why they are turning towards the left. She says, five events have shaped this rising block. I think you're going to laugh at some of these events. These events that have turned... The young people of America to the left are, number one, Occupy Wall Street. The millennial-led discussions about inequality became political drivers as Zoomers came of age. Number two, in the word, Donald Trump. That's all they give us on that one. Number three, because <laughs> it's, it, it's left unsaid because you know Donald Trump's just <laughs> a monster. Yes. Number three. The Parkland, Florida High School shooting and March for Our Lives movement. Number four, the 17 year old Darnella Frazier, her use of her iPhone to record the murder of George Floyd. And number five, Greta Thunberg's climate strike.
0: Okay, I have a lot to say. It I don't know, I thought you would. Okay, so it's super freaky, and this happens. And it sounds like I'm plugging, I'm completely not plugging this, but every day on that local sync. So excited about locals. It's very social. You can sign up. Most people sign up and are not paying. They just get the free stuff. So what I do every morning, I do one post every morning and I blast it out to anybody who has the notifications on or whatever. And what I do is I take a page from a book that my father it was in my father's bookshelf when he died. I'm looking for it. It's called the Free Man's Almanac, and it was by Leonard Reed, who wrote "I pencil," but every day is a quote. So I take a picture of the page of the book. It's nice and yellowed and everything. And every and I have a little comment about them. It's they're really thought provoking. So uh, here's the one from today. is January twentieth, right? Yeah. The title of my post today, ten hours ago or less, was. Uh, the wisdom in this quote was intentionally subverted by the David Hogg Project. Okay, so that's what I wrote. And I had no idea what you were going to talk about. And I would like to read the quote. It's maybe two sentences at the most. You, is that all right? I hate normally reading quotes, but... No, let's hear it. All right. Those on our side who are looking to the young to lead this nation back to freedom will look in vain for most of us, it is only with age, if ever, that we acquire the wisdom to be content to live under always imperfect rules that will permit us imperfect men to make our own imperfect decisions with consequences for each man and for all men that no one can fully predict and that will always be something less than the new Jerusalem. So I don't know if people can absorb stuff like when you read a quote, I personally cannot. So what he's saying is you're looking to the youth to lead you because they're so... Or if you are, you're doomed to failure because the problem with the youth, and I've said this before, I identified that. I will say, I believe it was in 2018, my year to come, was I identified an unexploited, underexploited dialectic, which was age. And when that happened on February 14th, 2018, the internet ended and they launched the age dialectic. but what that quote means is that you can get young people to think in terms of ideals and you can mm-hmm. get them to like be completely disconnected from reality and experience and you constantly harangue you for being imperfect, constantly holding you up to the state even though, they are so imperfect, but they don't think that way. And this guy is saying it's only with age that you begin to accept the reality and have some wisdom. And it's the consequences of your actions. He doesn't make this point, but I always make this point. It's the consequences of your actions, not being insulated from those consequences, that imparts that wisdom and that behavior and that acceptance and understanding of unpredictability and imperfection. And the, and using the youth is intentionally injecting that fallacy into politics and policy.
1: Absolutely. I think also with age, the the more you age, the more you realize how stupid you were when you were younger. You had a lot of great energy and ambition and ideals. But when you're younger, you just don't really know all that much. And you're vulnerable to the manipulations of monsters like this. And we see it working in the young people of America.
0: It's not just uh, the manipulation straight up, I think. I think there's also an element of um, of self-interest in it where they, because they really don't have a lot of responsibility and don't have a ton of experience, they can point their finger at you. It's like when you realize, when you have kids, when you realize that your parents are just human beings and they were probably doing the very best they could in a changing world where their parents didn't teach them what they needed for this world for their own selves. And then for you, and then you have that experience and you just have to realize like, I'm just doing my best. They were just doing their best. Like, and, and I think kids just haven't had that, that kick in the groin that tells you like, Oh yeah, I, this is hard. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that is very interesting that you brought that, Subject exactly today, the exact day I put that out there. Anyway, so yesterday I was talking a bit about Ukraine, and we're going to hit that in the deepest dive of the day. I was going to do the Larry Fink um, letter, but the Ukraine thing was actually top of the news today. So I feel like I cracked the code a little bit on that. We'll go a little deeper. But other international news caught my eye. I guess Harris. If I understood this correctly, Harris is in Honduras, vice president. Harris is in Honduras, celebrating the ascension of the first woman president. I think they have a president, not a premier. And what? And uh, it's this golden triangle, which is I think it could have a double entendre. But I believe it's Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. If I'm not mistaken, it was it was a place that. Trump was hitting pretty hard. So when they talked about Ukraine and his quid pro quo, we will give you military aid if you don't do this or that. In the golden triangle, they were literally withholding vital aid that those people had grown dependent on in return for immigration policy. They didn't want, including, I only read this once, but I read it. and It was a reputable source and I reread it, but I only found it in one place was that one of the things that these, that Trump wanted, and this really spoke to what I thought his kind of, uh, personal interests were was to build kind of immigration detention facilities in some of those places. So where we wouldn't allow it here, but it is an international project, infrastructure money, we probably were going to pay for it. In any case, we were going to give them a lot of money. So we've had our, and I remember Hillary had something to do with maybe Guatemala, like there's been bad stuff going on. There was that Bolivian, I guess, coup. So my idea for all of this has been that we are intentionally, we meaning the Western elite, U.S. Paralite, whatever, intentionally taking a backseat to To China for the world hegemon role or the world superpower role. And, but what we are going to do is take the regional hegemony in South America and Latin America. And two things make me think that came up over the past few days that re- reaffirm my suspicions in that, which is the, uh, I think it's the Organization of American States, hasn't met in the U.S. in a long time, but they are meeting in L.A. this time around. That is Harris's backyard, and that is something that uh, I think is a sign that we are taking a renewed interest. And then, and this is a little bit of a um, teaser to... The deep dive is that Russia came out and said, oh, yeah, you want to mess around with us in our backyard? Uh, We're on the phone to Cuba and Venezuela right now. So don't um, get too confident in your ability to control your hemisphere if you aren't going to stay in your lane. An expression I hate, but had to use for that purpose. Anyway, so I see that unfolding apace
1: yeah i saw that they were having that conference in los angeles the summit of the americas and i thought perfect place california kamala and right by you could go check it out if you wanted to i don't know if i'd want to go anywhere near it
0: i don't think they would let me anywhere near that i'm i'm an untouchable
1: okay so every now and then there's a story that comes up not every now and then all the time stories come up that on the surface seem completely unrelated But then when you dig a little deeper, you find that they are serving the exact same agenda. And the timing of it is always impeccable. So have you heard about what happened in... In Tonga with this. Absolutely. Yes, I thought it was
0: so interesting because we have our friend Terry in the Canary Islands. They've been experiencing that prolonged volcanic eruption. Mm -hmm. I'm they warned us when the Tonga thing happened that we were going to get tsunamis possibly on the West Coast. And I remember waiting to hear that earthquakes and volcanoes are now climate change.
1: Yes, those are other angles of this story that I'm not. Well, no,
0: to... no, I didn't actually no, hear so that. Maybe what I'm saying. that wasn't right. Maybe that isn't the
1: angle. There are natural disasters that happen quite frequently, not quite frequently. Do we hear about them? So there's always, is this a rare event or is this just an event that happens that we only hear about rarely from the news yes. when it serves? Yes. I have
0: no idea. Cause only so, one person died. H- here's the, happened.
1: here's the story that has really been the focal point of this Tonga explosion or volcanic eruption the undersea cable, the fiber optic, optic cables under the water were severed, cutting them off completely from everybody else in the world, separating them from the grid, making their communications go down. Their internet doesn't work. You can't get on their websites. They could not do tracking to see if everybody was safe. It, they couldn't talk to people in other countries. It just slowed everything down. They didn't get a system set up, a satellite system, where they got some things operational again on 2G. And 2G, so that's like going back to dial-up. Can you imagine how crazy people must be going over there waiting on I things to load? I can't believe those cables were vulnerable to that. That is exactly the point. Do you remember earlier in the week when we talked about the story with the Microsoft, Google, Meta? where they own yes. like 60% of the undersea yes. fiber optic cables. What are the odds, these two stories? So we have that story where the tech companies are gaining more and more power over the infrastructure, these fiber optic cables. And so that kind of illustrates the issue. And the issue I, I know now is the vulnerability of those cables that are not owned by Google, by Microsoft, by, I can't remember what the other two of Meta. And it was I can't a, remember what the fourth Google, one was. Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft. Yes. So that – the problem is that they provide backups. So if a cable is severed, then the network still remains because of the substantial power that they all have and, and the infrastructure they build. The countries that are still operating that are in that 34 percent of – countries that still have their own system set up that aren't controlled by them yet are very vulnerable. They're vulnerable to cyber attacks or vulnerable to natural disasters. They are a single point of failure. And I found a document on the DOD's website from a couple of months ago that is about 50 pages that is laying out the cybersecurity threat that the uncontrolled fiber optic cables under the sea are to countries around the world. And basically that Google Meta, Facebook, Amazon, and the United States government together, all of them need to continue dominating and taking control over those before Wahoo or what is it called? Not Wahoo, the China company, Huawei, 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 before China and Huawei take control of those underseas fiber optic cables first. So
0: I know, I it's this, it's this ever moving, you know, where the action is layers. There's clearly like. I'm still waiting for the FCC FAA thing for the AT&T versus American airlines thing to show itself as some kind of PSYOP. Like I cannot believe we're seeing genuine conflict at that level in the press. Like the only thing I can think of is either there's another shoe going to drop or they they're just back channel wheeling and dealing like got to the point where they're sitting at the table and they're like, I'm not, I, you know, I'm taking this to the streets. You know, I just, I, that so rarely, rarely happens. But in this case where they, they put the brakes on Huawei in order, I believe, because I dug for this too. I looked way back in the early days when Huawei was getting demonized and it wasn't about trade and China and national security. It was about them surpassing, uh, our potential to manufacture chips by so much that we would never catch up if they weren't slowed down now it's possible that there's some people in china who are hel- who help us like the cdc thing that who are ready to take the reins but maybe the power the money behind huawei isn't playing that kind of ball like there is there there could be tension between the big money people and the political powers i still think it's mostly controlled But uh, I also feel like this competition for chip manufacturing is definitely a big reason for the supply chain issues and 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 the Huawei and the. Chinese national security stuff, all of it.
1: I think they can be frenemies. I think they can control certain aspects of it. But I also think that they want to be the one that dominates. And that that is where some of this comes in. What that article about those four tech companies didn't mention is that they were doing this. They were taking control of this network with the government's blessing and the help of the government. So this isn't a private. This is a private-public partnership that was going on to take control of all these. And how they emphasized in that article that the reason they want to take control of all the under- these networks, which essentially gives them control of the communication, information, and data transferring for the entire planet, is for the underserved Polynesian <laughs> yes, nation. And said what is that. Tanga? Tonga? Yeah. An underserved yeah. Polynesian yeah. nation, just That's illustrating funny. perfectly what they talked about in that and- article
0: here's the thing it would illustrate perfectly the power of private enterprise in that people say well who would build the roads it's like well who would lay the cable Google would lay the cable now unfortunately Google was created by the NSA and Facebook was created by the CIA and it, it is all kind of back and forth with the government because they would never relinquish that kind of control to an actual individual uh, you know like John McAfee or whatever assuming you know John McAfee in the day the original John McAfee uh, so I just I feel like it's actually great great demonstration of how private enterprise would build necessary infrastructure. What it wouldn't do, well, I guess it could potentially overbuild. I remember a fiber optic was overbuilt, but my guess is that there was a policy incentive in place that did that, but they, they wouldn't build. They wouldn't always be building for bigger and more surveillance and everything like that. Like sometimes it wouldn't be worth laying more, tables when people are just like i don't care that much i don't need that i need i need to make cocktails i need to you know whatever go to the game with my kids not in that order but i don't need that you know what i mean it's only always stimulating commerce that's what all of our policies
1: and all that kind of stuff is for but that's yeah. you know
0: what that's that's just a libertarian deep
1: thought we don't need to pursue that further you know i think people like to have those from time to time they Another- do but-
0: we're so way over that I feel like I indulged. Yeah.
1: Too. Well, another thought on that is that it was some sort of false flag or war training operation to see what could blow a cable. Not saying that they caused a volcano. Maybe they did. I don't know. They could have had a volcano and said, hey, you know what? Maybe we should go cut this thing and just see how everybody was reacts. Was only
0: Tonga affected?
1: Yes. They were, they were They were singled out from the rest of the planet for the next month or so until they get their communication. So it was so.
0: just a branch of the cable.
1: No, they only have one cape. They have one fiber optic network that they use. They don't have, most of the other places are connected with multi, a bunch of like a network of them. They are have a single point of failure fiber optic network. And
0: where's the other, where's their fiber connected to? You know what I mean? It's I'm connected saying- connected to
1: other countries. I don't I don't understand the yeah, technology. I know, I'm just saying there's a no huge idea.
0: cable that goes under the probably huge cable. And then I guess Tonga has a branch of it that must branch off. Over to it. And that's what they had to have cut. Because if they cut the whole thing, if it's really a physical cable, like the old phone lines across the Atlantic.
1: I think it is a physical cable. So
0: it must have just been a little tiny thing. Well, interesting. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, let's see what, you know, we'll see over time how
1: that unfolds. Yeah, we will. All right. Before we get to the deepest dive of the day, which is going to be part two of our Ukraine deep dive, did Monica crack the code? We'll find out. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is Americans lose one month a year to this. And Texas Ice Storm 2.0, like last year, only plus one. And, of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, Neighbors Feed and Seed. Neighbors Feed and Seeds in Smyrna, Georgia. They're the home of our live meetups. They have a great opportunity coming up. Bill, the guy who runs Neighbors, he is on the – February 5th, he's going to be launching an in person seed starting class where you can learn how to save money by growing your own veggie plants. I think that that's an extraordinary opportunity. The class is going to be taught by Bill, and that's all the details I got right now. But if you follow them on Instagram at Neighbors Feed and Seed, then you will get the details when he posts them pretty soon. They also are going to have a new seed stock arriving this week and lots of other great products and great personnel. They help you answer any questions you need. It's really a fantastic place. So, Check them out on Instagram at neighborsfeedandseed.com or if you're in the area, stop by and say hello. And also, if you haven't, check us out on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. That's where we are live streaming video right now. Rockfin is an emerging platform where you can find all the stuff that you can't find on YouTube. They allow us to ask questions. They allow us to... Explore possibilities, curiosities. They don't shut down speech. They pro-liberty, pro-free speech. They so what you're gonna get when you sign up here at Rockfin is you get ad-free DNB XR Monday through Wednesday with the DNB XR live streamed with video every Thursday, exclusively on Rockfin. You get our propaganda report deep dives every other Friday. You get interviews posted early and also you get the content from rockfin creators every rockfin creator that is on the network with your subscription including sam tripley whitney webb jimmy dore the mad ones all this for just nine 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 a month fantastic deal subscribe today rockfin.com slash propaganda report and now on to our final story of the or our deepest dive of the day <sighs> And this is kind of part two of the deep dive
0: from yesterday, because this sometimes when I really dig deep into stuff, I get ahead of the news. Not that it's I'm not just doing open source journalism from stuff that's reported, but I was reading stuff off of RT, which I haven't gone to RT in a long time, Russia Today. And I came up with some stuff that ended up being totally true. In some stuff was like kind of verified, but I remember talking about the CIA involvement over there, what they were doing, and it was still just a rumor. Well, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that the CIA actually front ran Secretary of State Blinken's trip over there. So he's there now. He's going to Germany. This head of the CIA quietly went to Ukraine, went to Germany And I started thinking about this. Uh, So yesterday, so here's a couple of things. We also said that what the CIA was doing was ginning people up over there to make it clear to Russia that, yes, Russia, you can come in here. We know that you could just have your way with Ukraine if you wanted, just a sheer isolated case of big versus small. But we will make your life a living hell, an Afghanistan style, Vietnam style quagmire. And here are our little green men to do just that. So when Biden did his press conference, first one in a long time yesterday, he said that, hey, man, if you do, he didn't actually say, hey, man, although (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. If you if Russia makes a little incursion over the border, that's not going to be the end of the world. But if you really invade, we will make your life a living hell. And to me, that echoed completely what I was saying yesterday. Now, the whole world got all pissed off because they're like, well, how could he say that? Any, any if you just step one toe over the border, one toe over the border, you know, that's Zelensky saying, they're really focusing on that. But the message was sent that that's what they were doing. And it was exactly what we thought of what was happening. Um, now, there, they're, I'll tell you, One thing, the way Russia is looking at it, what they're asking for, they actually handed over in December a draft treaty to Washington, where and other NATO countries, which said they just want, and we touched on one of these things yesterday, but they wanted assurance assurances that Ukraine. Georgia, other former Soviet republics would not, no more of those would be absorbed into NATO. They want that in writing. And, but what they also want is they want the West to stop or reduce military exercises in Eastern Europe and ban placing missiles near Russia's frontier. So we're saying, We're not agreeing to that. But the reason I think this is all happening now, like you would think it was Ukraine, but why is Ukraine coming to a head now? And they're going to Germany. They're going to Germany. The CIA is going to Germany. I didn't realize this, but there's two Nord Stream pipelines. So Syria is about the Sud sud Stream or whatever the Southern ones, but Ukraine and Germany is the Northern one. So there's these gas pipelines that go from, Russian territory into European territory where Germany gets its gas. So the North stream Germany gets 50% of its gas needs and its gas needs are pretty high because it, uh, wound down nuclear power. It doesn't use nuclear power in Germany anymore. So they use a lot of gas and they're very industrial. They are the industrial powerhouse. So there's a Southern one, the South stream that we were trying to stop. The West was trying to get that, that second, which would double the gas supply into Germany from Russia get that to never happen. But against our wishes, they did complete it. Germany completed that. It got completed. And it's waiting for some kind of verification or certification or whatever. And it's going to come online towards the end of this year. And I think that's what they're trying to stop. And I think that they may be trying to provoke Russia to do something in Ukraine. So yesterday we talked about Jen Psaki saying we think Russia is going to orchestrate a false flag and justify an invasion. And I'm saying, and I said yesterday, it's like, I think it's going to be a true flag. But why, I hadn't realized. And now I think that the why might be if they can get Germany to agree on cutting off their gas, which they have not been able to do yet. If there's a provocation, if, if Russia crosses the border in Ukraine, then all they have to do is provoke Russia to cross the border in Ukraine and they solve the gas problem. So I feel like that's probably what's going on there. And, uh, and just as a little aside, I read that Russia is considering a complete
1: ban on crypto. Did you hear that? I did. I did hear that. That yeah. is something that China did. And when I see that happen. China completely banned crypto? I don't know if they completely banned it. They might have. I think, I think they might have completely banned it. I don't know if it's still banned. I know that that's something that has been happening and what tends to happen is crypto go down a little and then it comes back up because things change again. It's like, it's the maturing of crypto through these bands because that's the way they get the regulations across. They get, so I, 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 there's never been more companies that are billion dollar companies that are going all in on crypto and metaverse and stuff than right now. It's lumpy. It's lumpy, but it ain't going anywhere. So, uh,
0: Yes, I don't think Russia banning crypto is going to stop the plan to impose a cashless society on the West. (laughs) And uh, and that's it. And I also encourage people, if they're following this Ukraine thing, to check out Sergei uh, Lavrov. Do you ever see this guy? He's the foreign minister. He's Uh... real old school, like. He just says what he's thinking. He points out the logical truth. He seems to have the moral high ground because the underdog often has the moral high ground when citing logic and fairness and justice. But he's a uh, – I, I feel like he's a, a take-no-prisoners guy, and it's always fun to watch his – when or interesting to hear his responses because we'll say something stupid, gobbledygooky, backwards, that completely hides what we're really after. And he'll be like, you're just trying to stop the gas into Germany. Like, I haven't heard him say that yet, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. That's a meeting between him and Secretary of State on Friday, this Friday in
1: Switzerland, and I'm just curious – yeah, they do seem more straightforward than our politicians, but I'd also think that they are just as corrupt as ours. And I love how this idea of deterrence, which is what all this stuff is with that we're doing with the Ukraine, with Saki saying, I think that they're going to do a false flag. The idea of deterrence and counterterrorism or or whatever, counterstrikes, is really a strategy of striking first. It's just trying to poke the bear, trying to get them to act or it'll make everybody think that they act just so you can – you know, oh, that's so exactly different. what I was saying. Yeah, totally. So
0: um, just a quick shout out, our last shout out to uh, Travis in Missoula. He's having a meetup tonight, which you can find at the Higher Side Chats meetup uh, website, which I think is Higher Side Chats. Meetups.com slash events, I think, but you'll have to find that. And he's going to be there and it's going to, I'm sure, be fun because he's a fun guy. He's done a couple of these before and he's met some cool people in uh, meet space.
1: And I have a a shout out in the same note, same note is this from jacob he says brad monica i went to the higher side meetup in denver last night and didn't run into any proper Report listeners but i did run into the airy brothers who've interviewed you monica and they said yes. they have like 15 like-minded people at a bar all to themselves and they're planning on meeting monthly so that's awesome
0: that is so awesome that's exactly what i hope for i don't i certainly don't uh uh I'm not deterred at all by the fact that there aren't other Propaganda Report listeners. What we want is to find all those other people who we don't know yet. So that's fantastic. I love those guys. I
1: really love those guys. Fantastic. Thank you, Monica. Thank you all for watching. You guys can find your drive time and news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to access that extra content that we were telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report and subscribe there. If you want to see the DNB XR live today, then go do that right now because we will be continuing live on Rockfin right after this. Have a fantastic rest of your day.